you run the ball from the quarterback position. So, but can Taysom Hill be a fullback like a use check is? And use check plays all over the field. He can play, uh, he can get you short yardage. You can line him up as a fullback. He'll block for you. You he can you can give him the ball like a running back in in short yardage plays. He'll get you yardage that way. You can move him around, play him as a tight end. You can you can use him all the way around the field. Can Taysom be like use check? Could he be used in that role with under Clint Kubiak's uh, style of system? And what's interesting is if you look at uh, use check size, he's 6'2", 230, 230, 235. Guess how big Taysom is? 6'2", 230. <laughs> I was like, I think use check is a little bigger than Taysom. I looked them up. They're the same size, man. They're the same size. So imagine that. We want you like, man, it'd be cool to have a, a fullback like the 49ers, a guy like that. You got him. His name Taysom Hill. But can Kent Kubiak, excuse me, can Clint be the guy that discovers that and turns Taysom into that for the Saints offense? That would be phenomenal. That would be a really good idea to do it. At first, I was like, man, use check is bigger than I looked at the statistics and their profiles. They the same damn size. And I'm pretty sure Taysom could do it. All right. So anyway, let's keep it going, man. Uh, let me kind of look at it. Yeah. Shout out to the fam, man. I was looking at the should this should the uh, should I said should this should the Marcus May release? I, I'm just I'm tripping, man, because I ain't have time to. I was typing on the fly, <laughs> but y'all got the y'all got the moment of it. It should the Saints should the Saints release Marcus May and 77 percent of the family members said yes and 23 said no so a resounding win and that poll so we're going in that poll right there so shout out to the fam that's what the hell i get for typing on the fly right here trying to <laughs> talk and type at the same time all right so anyway uh that's some of that there let's move on to the next thing fam let's try to move on to the next hire right here and shout out to bob again uh the saints new orleans saints to hire dave Ziegler or Ziegler. Saints add an experimental, experienced name, and I said experimental, Freudian slip right there. <laughs> name to their brain trust, brain trust loosely, right? In preparation for free agency. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brain trust, yeah. And the draft. So let's cover the story. CBS Sports is the first to report that the Saints are hiring former Las Vegas Raiders general manager. How about that? Is this the guy that hired uh, Dennis Allen? <laughs> <laughs> we just we just you, yeah you the one gave me a job you know what you ain't working right now probably because you hired me but listen i'm gonna give you a job i talked mickey into it and we got another raider on staff Z- uh, ziggler and an advisory role they'd be hiring general manager david ziggler an advisory role through the 2024 nfl draft despite several changes on the coaching staff the new orleans draft process will still be headed up by head coach excuse me, head scout Jeff Ireland, GM Mickey Loomis, and head coach Dennis Allen. Now, Ziegler's role and tenure has not been officially specified. He's 46, had been a general manager of the Raiders for the, for the previous two seasons over that time. The Raiders' most notable draft choices have been defensive end Tyree Wilson, tight end Michael Mayer, QB8 no comment last year, and Zamir White in 2022. Now, Las Vegas finished with a 6-11 record in 2022. After the Raiders started 3-5 and in 23, Ziegler was fired on November the 1st. The, uh, Las Vegas finished the year 8-9, firing their coach Josh McDaniels in his tenure 
uh, his entire staff at the end of the season. Now, Saints QB Derek Carr was a starter for the Raiders in 2022. He was benched at the end of the year, ultimately getting released and signed with the Saints in offseason. Prior to joining the Raiders, Zeigler was with the Patriots from 2013 to 21, assisting in three Super Bowl championships teams. He started as an assistant director of pro scouting. Uh, and in 2016, Ziegler was promoted to a New England's director of player personnel, a role he had for six years. His first job was with the Broncos in 2010. He was a player assist, personnel assistant in his first year. So there you go. The 2024 draft will be April the 25th to 27th in Detroit. New Orleans owns the number 14 choice in the first round. New NFL free agent officially begins March the 13th. Teams may officially contact pending free agents for negotiations on March the 11th. Shout out to Bob on that one. And that is, uh, we we becoming the Los Angeles or Las Vegas Raiders. There you go. So, yeah, there you go. And the biggest one is going to be when we finally get uh, old Gruden pie, you know, when, when all that stuff's shaking. Could y'all wait for that? All right, then we're going to go to this one from The Wire. Shout out to The Wire. Saints' biggest team needs ahead of the NFL scouting combine. All right, let's take a, take a, take a look at it. All right, and see what's shaking. No team is perfect, but the Saints have a long to-do list going into the 2024 offseason. This week's NFL scouting combine will be a great opportunity for them to gauge their options. It's looking like a strong draft class. Uh, For running backs, for example, maybe they could spend uh, their dollars at linebacker instead. There go a couple of areas of need to look at for the Saints. And they got it listed from six on down uh, to number one. Number six need wide receiver. Right now, there are three wide receivers under contract with the Saints, Olave, A.T. Perry, and Michael Thomas, who they'll have to release or extend by March the 13th. Now, Rashid Shahid is an exclusive rights free agent, which means he'll be back at a minimum salary, but the depth chart is barren after the top three positions. For context, the Saints had as many as 13 wide receivers on the roster during training camp last year, and they never had fewer than six of them on the roster and practice squad during the season. Depending on, on how Kubiak wants to develop his receiver core, this could be a position to target in the draft or splurge in free agency. Either way, the Saints need to start adding players. So there you go. But we know who we have. Our top guys, uh, Chris Olabi, uh, Rashid Shahid. We know A.T. Perry is another good guy that's, uh, you know, size-wise and showed us some good plays this past season, but you kind of look at um, an area where the Saints would probably see a guy like, you know, Keith Kirkwood and guys like that, the veterans uh, coming back on really cheap contracts, stuff like that. Of course, the 49ers, uh, you know, you have Kubiak who will find guys who he likes as well that can come in. But we're talking about big splash players to play along Chris Olave. A lot of people don't see that occurring. So we'll just have to see how that all plays out. Defensive back is the number five choice right here. Alante Taylor struggled so badly in the slot last year. The Saints look for it. It could be looking for a better option in 2024. I don't know. I mean, it's just Alante Taylor. You got to understand that when you're talking about guys like Alante Taylor and and guys that have a lot of promise, you got to remember it was Alante Taylor's second year. It was his sophomore year. They go through the sophomore slump. Hell, it happened to Paulson Adebo. Paulson Adebo hit the sophomore slump, and people are like, we got to get rid of him. I'm like, bro, sophomore slump. Some of them go through it. A lot of times they go through that, that, that second year. It's really difficult. 
Chris Olave went through a, I ain't gonna say it was a difficult year. His numbers improved, but boy, it was a tough year operating in that system. So they're saying he led the NFL in targets, 96 catches through 65, uh, allowed 65. What, what is it? He led NFL in targets, 96 catches, allowed 65 in yards, giving up 626, yielded six touchdown catches, which ranked second most around the league. Teams didn't respect him in the role, and they attacked him relentlessly. Allen needs to play tailored to his strengths and move him back outside, which could be a part of the motivation in considering the Marshawn Lattimore trade. Now, I don't he what he's saying is true, but at the same time, you got to employ more patience. Alante Taylor, we've seen Alante Taylor play the slot position. He was drafted to play the slot position because the Saints seen Marshawn Lattimore as a shutdown cornerback and Paulson Adebo as his as his complement. And Alante Taylor was drafted to replace Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to play that role. Now, originally, they wanted Alante Taylor to be more of a, uh, wanted him to play, uh, have some duality where they could see him possibly as a safety. So that was something that they were looking at trying to employ as well. It just, things change a bit, you know. So anyway, Dennis Allen needs to play Taylor to his strengths. But it's also worth noting that the safeties, both Matthew and May, will be free agents in 25. Jordan Howden had some nice moments last season, but the coaching staff decided to play Jonathan Abram ahead of him in the back of the half of the season. Now, JT Gray still a career special teams ace will be worth no- investing in a replacement plan for either Matthew or May, depending on the plan for the future with the team. This is, I agree with that. And we just talked about that in the previous article about whether or not the Saints should release Marcus May 70-something percent, uh, 75% of the pollers said that, yes, they should release him to, you know, get rid of him and perhaps find another guy there. Because Howden looked really good. You know, he looked really good. And Marcus May is not as available as you would want him to be. I'm sorry to say. But they do have a lot of really good safeties that's in this draft coming. And if you want to get one for the future, they have a bunch of really good ones in this draft. So that's good. Defensive tackle. We saw some positives from this group after after it was rebooted last season, rebooted. But the Saints was was still too vulnerable against the run, and Brian Brissy was the position's only consistent pass rusher. It might have make more sense to draft another young player to develop next to Brissy than to invest more salary cap dollars in free agent after the Saints signed Shepard and Colin Sanders last year. But at the same time, this is one of the few positions where they aren't paying a high and veteran. This is true. They had, they broke, they broke both Nate's, uh, Colin Saunders and Nate Shepard here. And I often seen Nate Shepard as a, as a, just as a free agent, a defensive tackle. Ultimately, when they drafted Brian Brissy, often seeing him basically as a player that ultimately what would end up occurring is they'll move him. Brissy will play well enough where he would move Nate Shepard to the bench where he'll basically become a bench guy. That's what I basically seen from that. So, I mean, in the end, we'll see how they all play it, but drafting another defensive tackle, perhaps the Saints need to start drafting and get big, you know, big guys, big uh, 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 defensive, you know, big uh, nose tackles. That's what I'm talking about. Big guys that can really stop up the run and receive a pass rusher, but you need a big nose tackle type guy that they need to do. So they got a couple of those two available too that they need to bring and stick in there, man. You need a big nose tackle. You know, they're trying to get some duality by having a defensive tackle that you can move between two places. But at the end of the day, you might want to serve to get a real nose tackle there to help stop that goddamn run, man. So anyway, 
Brissy is poised to carve out more snaps for himself as he improves in the run defense. The rotation is largely set with Shepard leading the charge and Saunders playing more often than obvious running situations, but there's a good chance that Roach will leave in free agency, which would open up a spot for a newcomer to contribute right away as possible. That Malcolm Roach, who's been, who's doing real good, he got hurt last year, but Malcolm Roach, each year he made a step in progression to get better, and and this is could be a time where the Saints could do that. But you need need some bigger guys there, man, to kind of nose tackle fronts. Number three spot, offensive tackle. Both tackle spots are in jeopardy. Trevor Pennant has not developed as quickly as he hoped at the left tackle position. Ramchek's degenerate knee condition has put the future in doubt on the right side. Pete emerged as a better option than Pennant last year, but he's going to be a free agent when his contract expires on May the 11th. I mean, March the 11th. He must sign a, uh, for, he, he, he says, is he a must sign for free agents for, for, for Saints, maybe? So, man, the Ram check thing off the top. This is one of the biggest needs for the Saints. We're going to talk about uh, the, the, the tackle position because um, Trevor Pennon hadn't developed because, and listen, a lot of people put it on a young guy. Listen, he got some proud, he got some, uh, you know, little stuff into it. He got some fault here. But the biggest fault is on the Saints and how they use Trevor Penning. It's on the Saints. And people blast Penning and say he's a potential bust. But where's the goddamn smoke and the fire and the bullets for these coaches that put him in the position to fail? I knew he wasn't going to work at the left tackle position. I said it for years when they drafted the guy and put him there. I said it's not, it's not a smart idea to take that guy and put him in that position because you could tell the difference between a Trevor Penning and when these guys come out of college, guys that you know that can hold that position, that was not pinning. I knew it when they drafted. I said, listen, put that guy to put him in the position to be successful. You don't put him as a blindside tackle. But see, they didn't want to move Ramchek, which is what they should have did. But they didn't want to put Ramchek over there because at the time they said he was dealing with knee issues, but they didn't tell you that the knee was as bad as what it is until they telling you right now, because it become clearly obvious that he can't play on it anymore. You get what I'm getting at? Cause this is the thing you paying Ram check a lot of money to be a right tackle, a right tackle. The money position on the offensive line has always been the blind side tackle. If you got a right-handed quarterback, then you have a, the left tackle is going to be a money position. That guy gets the money because he's going to see the best defensive ends that, you know, uh, the league has to throw at him. He's going to see those guys at that position because those defensive coaches are going to line them up and put in any the best guys they got from that side because the quarterback can't see him. So whoever you put over there, it got to be the best. But they didn't want to move Ram over there because they knew at the time Ram couldn't compete over there. They thought he would be safer at the right tackle position because they knew the severity of the knee issue where we did not. Now we do years after the fact because they can't hold it. They can't hide it anymore. You get what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, um, the tackle position is probably the biggest need. Now we could talk about the skill position. We could talk about Mike Thomas leading Q. They're going to need a wide receiver and this type of stuff. And But you got to look at it. We went in the trenches. That's both lines. Are the Saints settled with those lines? You get what I'm getting at? The offensive line for the Saints to have the type of success where they anticipate they got to keep this guy car upright. They got to keep him upright. And you're going to make sure you got to make sure you have guys at the, the left tackle position. 
and the right p- tackle position to do that. But there are three spots here that still, in my opinion, that need to be looked at. It's really only two spots going into the season where you can say it's a lot at the center and at the right guard because those guys are getting paid, McCoy and Ruiz. But at left guard, Hurst is getting worse and worse, man. And I ain't mean around with that, but that's the truth. Hurst is not ascending. He's a descending player. I mean, he was solid, played some solid reps, but overall, Hurst is a descending player. He is descending to the point where you got to put him in a Hurst and take him on up out of here. So, I mean, at some point, they're going to have to look at at least three of these offensive positions, whether it's through the draft or through free agency. They're going to have to address it because the line is a big problem. You're not going to be able to do any of this fanciful running stuff that you want to do and these zone runs and all this kind of stuff without the correct offensive lineman to run that scheme. You won't, you, you won't win. We've seen what it looked like last year with a half-ass offensive line and not non-inspired offensive line play. We couldn't run the ball, guys running in. <laughs> it, just, it was just not a good look for most of the season, you know? But anyway, um, yeah, the tackle, but the offensive line, I would key that as my top, my top position because Ramchek is not playing. So who you got, you know, and Ram is supposed to be left tackle. He's supposed to be the blind side tackle. He's not there. So who's your left tackle now? You don't have one. Who's your right tackle? Pinning? At some point, you're going to have to find out what the answer is here. And you can't, unless they trade him, they got to see what he's made of. And I'm going to tell you something. A good offensive line coach can get something out of Pinning, but putting him at the left tackle position, put him in a position to fail. And I was saying it at the time that that's stupid for them to put him there because he's because that is very difficult and he failed miserably to the point where they pushed him all the way down on the active roster that kind of wiped out his confidence and everything. So he had people coming off the practice squad playing on the team over him. So, I mean, it's not a good look no matter how you look at it. Both spots are in jeopardy. Penning has not developed as quickly as we wanted while Ramchek's degenerative knee condition has put his future in doubt on the right side. Like I said, Penning has some blame here, but man, I blame a lot of this on these coaches and on these people. The same people that made these decisions to not do have Zach Bowen playing the position that he was drafted to play. Like they had him drop as a drop back linebacker. And then finally, when he got pushed out of his his linebacker job by Nephi Sewell, let's just use him as a situational pass rusher. And he excelled. Why? Because that's what he did. We've been knew that. And finally, in the last year of his contract, they said, you know what, let's do it. And they had success. This stuff ain't no, this is not quantum physics and astrophysics we're talking about. This is football. It's people. It's scouting. You look at what a player does well, and you try to take that and put it into your system. You always take what he does well, what he does well. You don't try to make him do stuff that they don't do well, you know, in, 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 the, in the interest of duality or having versatility. Some players you can't do that with. You know, some you can, some you can't, and you got to know the difference. When it don't work, abandon it and go back to what works because you only have a certain amount of time to develop these people before the contract is up, and then they got to move on. So the Trevor Penning thing, I blame a lot of that on those coaches because I was saying at the time, and so was the rest of the Who That Nation, that guy ain't no left tackle. What are you doing? He ain't no left tackle. No blind side tackle. All right, but anyway, Pete emerges as a better option for pinning. Imagine that, right? And I'm a I like Andrews Pete a lot. I often defended Andrews Pete, but Andrews Pete was horrible last year. That just goes to show you how bad pinning was. 
So when the contract expires on March 11th, he, he is a must-sign free agent for the Saints? Maybe. The introduction of new coaching staff raises so many questions for the group. Will second-year pro Nick Seldeveri be allowed to move back to his college position at right tackle? Or do they want him to continue to focus on his new job at left guard? All this is up in there. These are great questions, by the way, by John. But this, all of these questions are up in the air because John Benton might come in and decide, hey, guys, I like him here and versus this, that, the third. Because Nick Seldeveri could play. He was hurt. Uh, off and on during the season. So he didn't get much development done in, in the way of getting out there and playing. But in the end, John Benton could breathe new life into a Trevor Penning. He really could. If you find the correct spot and put him in a position to win and build up his confidence, Trevor Penning had the temperament. His temperament is what the Saints offensive line was lacking last year. I'm talking about that mean disposition, that anger, because it, uh, it takes an attitude to run block. It takes an attitude. The Saints will milk toast many games. They didn't have no fire in their belly running the ball. Like I often joked about seeing Cesar Ruiz lost out there, not knowing who to block on pulls and all this kind of stuff. And, and McCoy being on the ground so much, you thought he was a landscaper. I mean, it just is it, <laughs> crazy. I right, so anyway, can we get more out of Penn than their predecessors? It's fascinating to see how these questions are answered and the first round pick could be a part of the solution. I still say that Trevor Penning is just too much early in his career to call him a bust. But it's easy to just, just kind of announce him as that and just throw him away, discard him as a bust, or say, yeah, he a bust. Listen, it takes two. It takes two to tangle. Number one, it takes the player to know what he's doing, and it takes the coaches to put him in a, in a situation to succeed. Both failed. I blame more of that on the Saints than I do it on Penning because the Saints supposed to know better. They supposed to know better where to utilize this guy's strengths. And obviously it wasn't there. Well, you can't predict the future. Everybody's seen that. I seen it. I was calling out, said that was stupid. And look how badly it failed. Left guard position. Hurst was a liability at left guard last year. His backup, Max Garcia, was even worse. I, Max Garcia was not Max Garcia. He was less Garcia. <laughs> he was not Maximum or Max. He was less, less Garcia. That's how bad he was. There's a better opportunity for free agents or draft picks to step in the lineup here at the tackle position, but it's unlikely the Saints will spend a first round pick on interior alignment. It would be quite a reach at number 14. Still, they would consider their options, adding more of an experienced free agent who knows could be X offense like John Felisano would make sense at the same time Team needs to get younger. There are going to be starting quality guards available in the second round, and Saints couldn't land a good one at 45 when they draft. Nick Seldeveri last year trading up to, to the top of the fourth round for him and moved him to left guard. They probably envision him competing for this job. We'll see if the coaches agree. Good, good, good analysis. And right, we're talking about the tackles, you're talking about the guard play. And like I said, three spots realistically speaking, on the Saints offensive line. That's why I put that as the biggest need. Like when I come out with the list, that'll be coming up soon. The biggest needs of the Saints is on top, just a sneak preview for the family members, The top, my top uh, problems or top uh, focus for the Saints should be offensive line. It really is. Three spots for the Saints offensive line are unresolved, and that's a major problem. Three spots are unresolved. And now whether you have the personnel on the team or not, these, this has to be addressed right, you know, before, I ain't going to say before, but this is the number one point of emphasis the Saints got to have. Because if you don't have a good offensive line, 
that know what they're doing. All the skilled players that you want to add and all this other stuff going will not happen. Games are lost in one or one and lost in the trenches. And if we have what we had last year coming back around this year, I don't know, man. I don't know. But indeed, like I said, I'm not Hurst. Is Hurst is deteriorating. He's deteriorating. Max Garcia don't need to be nowhere not around the Saints facility unless he coming over there to, to clean windows or take the trash out or do a well wish somebody, you know, or, or give hand, high fives or, or, or say positive words. But outside of that, he should not be putting on a uniform for the New Orleans Saints next year. They need to find somebody else in the depth position, to be honest with you. He was awful. And then the Giants' number one uh, position is defensive end. This is the most concerning position group for the team outside of Granderson. The Saints are either rostering players who are too slow, like Cam, passing you, or too inconsistent. Peyton Turner, Isaiah Foskey. Great points. The group needs a big injection of talent, but it's already one of the highest paid positions on the team. And it's not like the Saints have tried drafting players or haven't tried drafting players. They keep swinging, missing, and striking out. Let me add that before I finish the commentary because that's what I was going to say. He knows because he pay attention to the team like we do that understands that the defensive end position, a lot of people say, Q, what about the defensive end position? That should be the number one look because we need we were on the back end of the league in terms of sacks. And I said, you're right, but you got to understand the Saints addressed the defensive line last year. They signed two new interior defensive linemen in Saunders and Shepard the same day after they, well, the same day or, the, the, or hours after they knew that they wasn't bringing back on Yamada and, uh, and uh, the guy that got, uh, what's uh, man, uh, King Tut, uh, Shy Tuttle, they let them go. And Fred, you see, it had Saunders and Shepard already in place. Now, Saunders is a beast. We know how he plays. Shepard is a guy that I thought was a rotational defensive tackle. I didn't think he should have started the entire year. I thought Brian Brissy ultimately will get that job. And Brian Brissy was a good pickup by the Saints. A lot of people, including myself, was looking at his injury history saying, uh, but he proved a lot of people wrong that he can't stay healthy. And not only that, but he, he had some really great moments and then showed at points that he was unblockable. So you address, you added two starters and a first round draft pick to the interior, to, to the, to the, in, to the defensive line as a whole interior defensive line, right? Cam is still there. Remember they gave Cam the extension. They gave Carl Granderson the, you know, the extension, they extended out Carl Granderson eight plus sacks this year. Great move, but there's a lot. They invested a lot of money in this current group of players. That's why I was telling the family members that, don't look for a Daniel Hunter uh, or no Jared verse or none of that. I would love to have Jared verse here, but the saints, they're not looking at that. I mean, to keep it a buck 50, they spent a lot of money on the collection of guys they have right there right now. And the only position they're looking at is in terms of depth of adding depth and not only the free agents, but the saints also drafted guys. And we ain't talking about undrafted guys. They bring and We talking about draft picks that they still want to see work out because they don't like it when their draft picks miss out because they get the blame for poorly drafting. So they're going to give Peyton Turner every possibility or every chance to be able to get out there and and play. They're going to try to validate him as much as they possibly can. First round draft pick. And then of course you have Isaiah Foskey, who's a second round pick. So those two guys, 
along with everything they added last year and in reworking Cam's contract and all that stuff. Like I said, that's why I don't look, I don't expect them to add a big name free agent to the mix. It's going to be a guy that'll be, and you still got passing you there as well. So you're looking at probably another interior defensive lineman there that, that it, later on in the draft that they can add or a veteran they can throw in the mix. Mostly probably be, it'd be smart for them to do like a defensive interior defensive lineman. Hopefully it'd be like a nose tackle or something, a guy that you can kind of put in there, rotate in there along with, you know, in the rotation mix to kind of give those guys a spell. But, um, that's why I was saying that that won't be a part of the mix that you probably probably won't see that happening because if you did sign a Daniel Hunter and if you did sign some of these other guys or even drafted a verse from Florida State, where are you going to play at? Who are you going to move out the way to put them? Well, we're going to sit Cam down, Q. They're not going to do that, bro. They're not going to move Cam out the way to put Daniel Hunter there. And then it's a question of money. A lot of these guys want big money, so you're going to sign them to, to sit them and sit Cam, who making guaranteed money, it won't happen, bro. The numbers don't work, the personnel don't work, and the Saints mentality will kick that will kick that out every time. They don't. Want, they're not going to bring anybody in there that's of starter caliber to challenge these guys. They're not. They believe in what they have, right or wrong, and they're going to stick to it because they've already committed draft picks and money to the situation. And that's my take on it. So anyway. All right, it's very tempting to go back to the draft with different perspective, changing the focus from heavy set and undra- uh, undeveloped talents in favor of proven commodities who will win the technique and athleticism. That might be the best path forward. At the same time, the Saints could throw money at the problem until it goes away. The question is whether they can outbid their competition for the fridge and who fits the bill. So, yes, indeed. So he's talking about overall. But that's in terms of the defensive end position. I do not see that happening. But shout out to John Sickler, man. This is a wonderful article. And they give good stats. And I, I see a lot of it the same way. I see it a lot of it the same way. Now, I don't agree with the order, but, you know, it's, I get what he's coming from. My biggest change would be offensive line, whether you won't call it the tackle because you're unresolved at the at bookends. 